Alrighty, welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, into episode 234 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Creeley, joining me today in the Get Around Podcast studio while I am again in the suburbs of Chicago. We have our venerable senior sports reporter, James Cook, and the not-so-rookie cub reporter anymore, uh, really getting into it, has survived almost his first full uh, full high school fall sports season, uh, and that is Jordan Puente. Let's go. Yes, Boys, sir. how are we doing? I'm doing good. Feel rejuvenated. Good. Came back home. Feel well, I wanted to start off the show with some breaking news. I don't know if you guys have heard. I just got word uh, that St. Francis has indeed scored again uh, <laughs> on Ithaca. Yeah, it just happened right now, actually, not too not too long ago. Breaking news here. Uh, again, Traverse City St. Francis has scored uh, another touchdown. We are going to get into that game, and we're going to get into that game a lot coming up uh, in a little bit because I don't think there was anybody on God's green earth, even the biggest Traverse City St. Francis fan, would not have predicted a 63 to nothing final uh, in their game, uh, their regional championship game against uh, Ithaca, even though, I mean, it was number one versus number three, and it, again, we'll get into it a lot uh, later, and I have a lot of things to, to talk about when we get to it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of uh, volleyball coming up as well, uh, as we have three teams in the state quarterfinals vying f- for a trip to the Kellogg Arena in Battle Creek. Uh, and then we will get into our uh, interview with Trevor City St. Francis football players, Joey Donahue and Ryan Henning Newman. We have three more athletes up for the Get Around Hall of Fame, and we will finish with uh, our happy endings, talk about the things that made us happy inside of sports and outside of sports, as I can see the grin on Jordan's face when I say the name of our of our previous or our, our final segment of the show. I, I, I like the name of it. It's a, it's a great show. If you guys haven't seen the show, it's a, it's a wonderful show. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But let's, uh, let's open up as we have. Uh, the, the campaign continues for the Bear Lake Lake Bears, the Manistee Manatees. And the unclaimed thunder squirrels. Yeah, is, I, uh, I have to. I have to. Uh, uh, we've got an update here. here. I have to interject here. Um, so I was actually thinking. So I've been at Bell High cool. School over the past couple games because of Leland was over there, and ironically, my this is so. This is just probably my young generation self growing up on French Prince of Bel Air. Um, when I first heard that there was a high school called Bel Air, my first reaction was, "Oh, royalties." For Bel Air High School, because Bel Air, if you think of the movie Prince Prince of Bel Air, so you want to do the Bel Air, the the Bel Air Fresh Princess, the well, Bel Air royalties because because if we really Bel-Air. Wanna, we don't want to step on anybody's toes here, but royalty, so prince, princesses, kings, queens, they can claim themselves, and basically. Everyone is basically like it's like a whole like medieval times situation. Yeah, I'll, I'll argue with you on this one, and I, I will say you, you go with the Bel Air Fresh Princes for the boys teams, and the Bel Air Fresh Princesses for the girls teams. I can't that's, to that. I, can't I mean, does the, that. it doesn't necessarily roll off the tongue very well? The Bel Air Fresh Princes and the Bel Air Fresh Princesses. Maybe just maybe just princes a, and princesses. Leave out the fresh and just let people fill it in. 
on there the road. Yeah. You could do that too, yeah, right? Yeah. Kind of yeah. like the, the Blue Blazers and the Red Raiders. Yeah, and then the mascot can be fresh. Then that's be the name of the mascot. So, yeah, it yeah. can just be like a minty, fresh pack of oh. gum. That could be it's what like I a new era, too. <laughs> you know, it's like a new era of the school ballet. You know? All right. I like it. Thank you. All right, so there we go. Uh, we've now updated. Um, I don't I don't have any updates for you guys. Uh, I, I've written uh, to all of the city council members of Bear Lake and uh, asked them uh, if they can help me uh, on my quest for the Bear Lake Lake Bears. Uh, I, I've been knocking on doors. For those people who live in Bear Lake, if you see me come to your house, knock on your door, I've handed out, I'm handing out literature, uh, doing all of this on my, my free time. Um, if anybody thinks this is serious, um, please know that I am joking. I have, in <laughs> fact, not done any of those things. Uh, but it doesn't mean I don't want the Bear Lake uh, Lakers to be the Bear Lake Lake Bears. And I think more than that, I really want the Manistee Manatees to be a thing because they that that could be. That's cool. I mean, they haven't decided their team yet, right? I mean, they're they're in the midst of changing their mascots. I don't so, think so. Yeah, uh, they're getting rid of the Chippewas. Yeah, they got rid of the chips. So time. right now they're just. They're, uh, yeah, they got to be the Manistee Manatees. I, I think it's. I think it's time for me to write a column. It is because you know how powerful like, our your words can be, and if people at Manistee get a hold of that, they might actually jump on board too. All right, so look out for that. Look out for that Sunday. We'll have something in Sunday's paper uh, going for for all of these, asking for the the Bel Air Fresh princes and princesses, the <laughs> someone to claim the thunder squirrels. Of course, the Manistee Manatees and the Bear Lake Lake Bears. What a what a stupid campaign this is going to be for the Traverse City awesome. to do this, do awesome. this dumb stuff. But <laughs> let's go for it. All right, uh, let's uh, let's get into the area code game. Uh, we'll play a little bit of that. Uh, James, do we have a winner from last week? Who was uh, where was the two three four area code? Is that in southern Pennsylvania again? Because it seems like several have been in southern Pennsylvania. Does anyone know where we? No, we don't have any Wi-Fi here, so I can't look oh, it up. Oh, we don't. I got to look it up. We're using right, my phone. On. We're using my phone That's to do that. That's right. Hold on. Let's, <laughs> let me figure it out. All right. 234 USA area code is Northeast Ohio. How about that? What were our guesses? So You were close. Picked, you were close. I, I You're did, Indiana. Yeah, I did Erie, Indiana. Oh, yeah. my God. If I had just done Erie, Pennsylvania... Or just Lake Erie. Yeah, you're in Indiana. Yeah, and then I had Virginia and uh, Jordan had Philadelphia. Always sunny in Philly. Oh, Philadelphia, that's right. So those are... So we're all kind of not, not too far away, at least. I'm the farthest shout away. Out, shout out to the Get Around crew for this week doing doing really well. Uh, just being in the ballpark. That. That's that's fun. All right. Um, I am, I'm going to go old school. I'm going to look up where it is right now. Uh, I'm going to go old school for 235, old school Nickelodeon, um, and find out the place where Salute Your Shorts, where is Camp Anawana? That's a fictional summer camp. Uh oh. Where is Camp Anawana? Okay, Camp Anawana is in Washington County, Pennsylvania. Uh, So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to take Salute Your Shorts in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, okay. For 235, going old school Nickelodeon. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm, I'm going to believe that, I, I think that it's centered in New York City, is uh, Archer. 
Ooh. I think that's where their headquarters oh, is. Oh, nice. Yeah. Boy, they had to change that name, didn't they? Or are they still ISIS? No. They now they're just called them? the agency. Okay. The conversation we were having uh, off air about having to change names. Yeah, that one was a, that was a must, I think. It's a must combo. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Jordan, what TV show and uh, area are you are you going with? Ooh-wee. Okay, so I've already done Friday Night Lights, which was already way too easy for me to go back to because I'm still, I'm still watching it. So I'm going to have to do a different show. Let's see here. Just off top. Honestly, what is, is that in uh, Stockton, I believe it is? <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. All right, so you're going California. Sons of uh Yeah, although Sam I should know that, but... The Sons of Anarchy so many... uh, motorcycle crew. Correct. It's Redwood Original. It's a great show. So, yeah, Redwood, California. That's where you're... Yes, I sir. like that. Yes, sir. All right, so we've got Salute Your Shorts, Archer, and Sons of Anarchy for next week uh, for area code 235. Um so much fun. I love playing this game every week. So do I. I know it's dumb. And during but, uh, October, I should have gone with Illinois for uh, for the Halloween movie theater series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Haddonfield. Haddonfield, Illinois. That would have been good. That would have been good. interesting. All right, well, let's get into the pulse. Let's talk about St. Francis uh, because <laughs> it was 13 to nothing when I was following along uh, on, on Twitter, James, yep. uh, and keeping up with you uh, on that. And I was going to tweet out uh, this joke at when it was 13 nothing, I was going to be like, what happened? Did Lance show up at Thurlby field again? I decided not to do that one. Cause it would be insulting to Lance. Uh, and two, because I thought it would age like milk very quickly because I did not expect Ithaca to get rolled over the way that they got rolled over. But I think James, it was 21 to nothing when I texted you that. Right, and then you text me back. It's twenty-one to not twenty-eight to nothing, and then it, we you just kept giving me updates on that score. Could anyone have predicted this? No. Is there anyone who could have seen a sixty-three nothing blowout of the number three team in the state by the number one team in the state? I was thinking more close. So I let me. So I was back home, and I know I knew St. Francis was playing. I was I really I was curious. Like. Had time, so I went to check. Obviously, I went to James' Twitter, and as soon as I saw the halftime score, I immediately yelled, kind of loudly, "Oh my goodness, wow!" And a couple of my family members were standing next to me. They're like, "What happened? What happened?" And then I explained to them who St. Francis was and all of this, and I compared it to California schools, and I basically compared it to like San Bosco's versus Centennial, which is two high-power uh, California schools going at it. Basically, I had, let's say, San Francis or John, John Bosco's and another school Centennial. And they all looked at me with the wide eye like, oh my goodness, wow. So even family members of my own, now understanding San Francis, were even stunned. So that was, that would have, wow, that would have been interesting to watch for you. Yeah, I was telling, I told my parents about it. <laughs> my, my, my mom, who, my mom who, who doesn't care about uh, football. Uh, at all, I was like, "You got I just, I need to tell somebody. This is crazy." Uh, James, what was it like for you watching that game? I mean, you probably was, went there thinking this is going to be thirty-eight, thirty-five. You know, I, yeah, within a touchdown. Of, yeah, I kind of expected a game like the Lumen Christie game. 
you know, which which was a, just a back and forth game where nobody led, I think, by more than about a touchdown in that game, and it it just was that first quarter was just the most dominant quarter of football that I've seen in a long time, in a, in a game between two teams that were supposedly top five teams, you know. It was it, it was twenty eight to nothing before Ithaca got a first down. Oh my god! Because <clears throat> uh, their their first Dude. possession their first possession was three and out. Their second possession was three and out. Their fourth possession was three and out. By that time, it was twenty eight to nothing. So they scored on every single possession. Wow. Uh, St. Francis punted once in the first half. Which was the second quarter? I'm gonna guess. Uh, it was after it was twenty eight to nothing. Yeah, oh so it would have been I think early second quarter they punted once. Uh, they uh, punted, they so punted again later in the second half, but I mean. So they only punted what like twice the whole game? I think it was twice the whole game. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Well, they had the mercy rule in the second half, so oh, yeah, yeah, the, the game went the game went fast. Obviously. And James, you had said that this is the most points ever scored on Ithaca. Ithaca has has ever given up, and it's. So funny because last week against Ravenna, they oh. scored sixty three points, yeah. and they scored zero. I, let's. I, I'm going to go through. I, I, I'm looking it up right now. I don't. I don't have like how many points per game, but this is the points that they've scored uh, in their in their wins uh, in in 2022. 60, 48, 59, 59, 50, 42, 21, 48, 63. Then they scored zero against St. Francis. Wow. I'm speechless. I'm still speechless. And also, this is St. Francis's first shutout of the year, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, because most of the games, that even that were blowouts, they would you know put the JV and freshman players in. Oh, yeah, all right. the fifth quarter players in in the second half. And a lot of times, a, a team that's playing half of its varsity still would score a touchdown or two. So so here's the one question I have for you guys. I couldn't find one, and I don't know if there is one. Can you think of any comp, pro or college, for that result where a one beat the crap out of a three like that? I was, I mean, I, the, nothing no. sprung to mind for me. This seems... Yeah, uh, the closest I think I can come back would would be with the uh, college football semifinal the year Michigan State got yeah. there and Alabama just destroyed them. Yeah, and I think it was forty nine to nothing. Yeah, okay, that's, that's a good one. I'll give you that. I'm the same. I was yeah. But that's a one versus four. Yeah, still playoffs. But yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, also forty nine. So this is another two touchdowns, and and it was fifty six to nothing at halftime. I mean. They, they scored a touchdown in the second half with a freshman. It's like, like earlier in the season for yeah. college football, Georgia just going out and just walking Oregon, literally almost that same score. Yeah, in the second half they were just giving carries to freshmen and sophomores all over the place. Do the Gladiators owe a bit of thanks to Benzie Central for waking them up last week and taking the lead on them uh, in the first quarter because – I don't know if we have this result if uh, they don't get punched in the mouth by Benzie Central. I think absolutely. Yeah. I can't remember which player, which of the ones that I was talking to, but one of the players that I talked to after the game on Saturday specifically mentioned Benzie and how improved they were. 
um, from the first time they played them to then, and that they they really surprised them, and that they had kind of not necessarily overlooked them, but you know figured that they were still the same team that they had beaten forty nine to twelve in week three. Um, so I don't know that they had specifically game planned for Benzie at maybe as much as you would for a normal team, and Benzie had obviously game planned for them and had that uh, very different. I think it was a different offense for them, where they're just they were just pitching the ball wide all the time to Jackson Childers to use his speed on the edge. Was Ithaca trying to do any of that? Uh, Were they Fran- trying to follow what, what Saint Francis? Had done Saint, the week well, so uh, Wyatt Nasadis started on defense, which is unusual. Um, he's played defense here and there in games, um, but is normally not started. Um, they started him at cornerback and put him on that receiver of theirs that has 900 yards and 12 touchdowns or whatever coming in. Wow. And that kid did next to nothing. He had two catches for 12 yards. Well, and, and they, they shut down Buck. They, they couldn't get him the that ball. That was the other thing. Yeah, and then they just had the defensive line and the linebackers were just giving Buck no place to go. Wow. They, they, well, went, with, they went with a little big, bigger defensive line than they normally go with. Like, they, they didn't play Tommy Richardson at nose tackle because he's an undersized guy who relies on speed. And they played Warren Asher on the line, who's a, a much bigger kid at, like, 240. And... Uh, and so they went with a little bit different lineup there to kind of combat Ithaca's size because I guess Ithaca's one of the bigger teams that they face this year. And But aside from that, I mean, St. Francis just dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They've been doing that all yeah, season, though. That, uh, yeah, but that this, was against a, a, this was against a bigger school. I mean, a, a school with a bigger line. I mean, they had a, they had an offensive lineman that had a full beard. Are you serious? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's a grown man. That's a grown man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, and St. Francis on offense, St. Francis line. Like when the ball was snapped, by the time the line, the running back had the ball in his hands, the offensive line had pushed Ithaca back two to three yards. Is Jeff Saturday the coach? I don't know, but they were just firing <laughs> off the ball, and it was just like a wall of those. Of that that lineman and the tight ends just pushing Ithaca back, and the running back just having time to pick which lane they Dude, were going to run is, Wow. It was, so here's it was a question impressive. that I, I, I didn't have in the list. Speaking of impressive, is this St. Francis's most impressive win ever? And that might be recency bias, but given the complete domination, the the – team that they were going up against, the situation they were in to win a state championship. I'm not saying is it their greatest win ever. Is it the best win ever or anything like that. They've won state championships. But is this the most impressive win this football program has ever had given the history between these two programs? Not so much playing each other, but the the history of these programs. I would say so. I mean, it's, it's the most shocking result of any St. Francis game that I've covered and I've covered most St. Francis games I think for the last 12 years or so and uh, it's just the the complete domination against an opponent that was supposed to be right there shoulder to shoulder with you was just 
uh, it was just amazing. I mean, there was this the one the one thing that was funny is that like late in the first half, there's like two three minutes to go in the second quarter, and the seat that I sit in in the press box is right next to the opposing coach's box. So there's just a pane of glass between me and them. Oh. I could hear their coaches yelling that the clock wasn't starting. <laughs> they were upset that the clock wasn't running. Oh, they wanted like to get they out. wanted out of there. <laughs> like they wanted nothing yeah. more to do with this half of football. And there was a coach that was throwing pens in the in the <laughs> in the wow. coach's box and was taking his sunglasses off and throwing them across the counter and everything. And like they had no they really answer. Wow, they really wanted no part of that. So what message does this send to the rest of the state? What must New Lothrop be thinking coming into this game? Watch out. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, uh, I texted their, their coach yesterday to see if I could set up an interview with him today. And I've talked to him before because they played in the state finals two years ago. Yeah. So unless he's changed his number in the last two years, he hasn't. He just hasn't replied to me. <laughs> I mean, it sent shockwaves. It... it, it sent shockwaves throughout the state because it's still such an unbelievable result. I know we keep kind of mulling over this and uh, over and over again, but my goodness, if you're, if you're head coach, Josh Sellers, right? If you're the head coach for the, for the gladiators, how do you make sure that your players don't get a big head after this and that they remain focused on new Lothrop, right? Because he did such a great job of getting them focused after that Benzie game saying, hey, we're not infallible. Now they do this, and they're like, we're the best team in the state. I, I think the the motivation that he's definitely probably preaching all, all week is that this is the team that beat us in the state championship game yeah, two years ago. I was going to say. And, it you know, the final score was a seven-point deficit. Um, but at halftime, that game looked like it was on the way to a blowout. And then New Lothrop kind of went conservative in the second half, and St. Francis took to the air and was able to, to score a couple times and get within a touchdown. But New Lothrop kind of dominated that game. I don't know that New Lothrop has the same athletes on this team that they had two years ago where they had that, that one wide receiver who was just greased lightning and nobody could cover him and, but you know that that's got to be what I would be preaching yeah. these guys beat us two years ago you know, and, and, be, and beat same, us kind of bad I was gonna say, even least, though this final score looks okay I was going to say at least most of the same players probably are going to be on that same team I mean a lot of the players for St. Francis probably still remember that game so yeah, basically, basically St. Francis's entire starting lineup on both sides of the ball is seniors Oh, so, yeah, so they, they would have all it. been there. Yeah, yeah. If even if they weren't playing, they were up from JV. Yeah. Right. And everybody, right. they would have been there. Um, so they, so that's something that I think that they, I don't really got to harp on. Yeah, I don't think it's like coach telling them like, hey, like let's stay focused. I think the seniors already probably vividly remember what happened last time they played this team. So that has to be a motivation for them too. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question before I before I ask for our, our predictions for that for for the game on Saturday, uh, and, and then I'll ask if you guys have any other thoughts that you want to share. Uh, but the Gladiators, uh, that was it at Thurlby for them uh, this season. It's Claire, and then from there, 
it will be Fort Fort Field uh, if they make it that far. They've played their last six games at Thurlby at home. They've had that comfort of playing at home for the last six games. They got to go on the road to Clare, even though it's a neutral site. Any concerns about that for for St. Francis? I don't know that there there are a lot. Um, I know Josh Sellers actually kind of likes playing on the road because he says the players and the coaches are more focused, um, just because it's you know like business trip hmm. type thing. Um, so they got the bus ride over there to get the kids focused and and do all that. And so I don't know that he's worried necessarily much about that. Maybe if you're playing next Saturday in the state finals, maybe you're worried about kids stepping onto Ford Field turf and heaven you know just like wow but uh i you know i don't think they i don't think they mind playing outside of thurlby even though you know, a lot of the kids were talking about how this was their last game on thurlby and yeah what a last game it was <laughs> oh yeah yeah wow. right yeah what a way to cap your high school career on your home field i mean yeah, 63 just do that's it was a history making performance that will be remembered forever oh yeah no doubt about it yep so all right uh any final thoughts or you guys want to give your predictions who do we think uh wins on saturday and uh what do we have as far as a, a final score in the state semifinals at claire well i think we're to the point where it's uh folly to pick against saint francis yeah so yeah, I'm man. definitely going to pick St. Francis in this game. Come on. I don't think, yeah. Uh, I, I, <clears throat> all right, well, you know what? Let's play, before we get to that, I want to play a little bit of uh, over-under. Over-under points scored by St. Francis. I'm going to set it at 39.5. Let me, I'm gonna, I'll run down what they've scored so far this season. They've scored 42, 42, 42, 49, 49, 42, 62, 35, 42, 45, 59, 34, 63. So are they average like over 40 already? So that's why you haven't got that got it. Yeah, and in their games in their games against teams that were ranked in the top ten, their scores have been 42, 42, 45, 63. Mm-hmm. I'll take the over. <laughs> I'll take the over. And New Lothrop is ranked in the top ten as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go over on that. So, the other half of the teams that you just listed off to. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll smash the over uh, on that one. Give me uh, the house. Put the house And house then over under points allowed by St. Francis, uh, I will set that at 20 and a half. I'll take the, I'll take the under on that because I, I can see maybe New Lothrop scoring two, three touchdowns. But I don't know whether they have a kicker or not, so maybe not getting oh, some conversions. So, so here's New Lothrop's yeah. uh, offensive output 12, 40, 55, 41, 61, 42, 13, 21, 21, 47, 28, 29. So playoffs, literally, wow, 47, 28, 29. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, I am going to. I'm going to take the under on that one as well. And surprise, surprise, I'm going to go ahead and say that St. Francis wins this game and then taking the over on them at 39.5 and and taking the under uh, on New Lothrop. I don't think that... uh, I don't think New Lothrop has the the weapons to beat 
St. Francis. And the only reason I say that is because I don't think there's a team left alive in Division Seven that has the uh, weapons to beat St. Francis. And I felt this way about St. Francis since about week three when I went, oh, they're better than they were last year. This team is winning a state championship. I've been saying it for quite a while. Yeah, you really and, have. Uh, All of you guys have. I'm new here, yeah. so basically it's been, it's been quite an interesting journey to follow this. So, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to follow you as well on the and, uh, over-under. And the other thing is, is it's, it's amazing how in general, how healthy St. Francis is still at this point in the season. Considering what kind of schedule they've played and and everything, I mean, you know, Drew Hardy has this hand injury that he hasn't gotten x-rays done on it yet. It may be a broken hand, may not be. Um, but he's just paying, playing with, like, padding on it, not even a, a hard cast or anything. What a and is still playing tight end. Oh, what a trooper. And, like, Sellers, Josh Sellers said, like, he caught every pass we threw to him in practice last week. Let's go. He's basically wearing a pad where, like, this, or his fingers stick out the end of, like, this kind of soft cast type Even thing. Cold. Wow. Well, I think Sellers is, is certainly uh, up there in consideration for our, our, our coach of the year. Uh, in, in that regard, I would have to look at. Uh, Jason Cott, too, from Benzie Central, given what he uh, did with that team, uh, you know, the last few weeks of the season and, and improving them from the beginning of the season. Um, but uh, speaking of coaches of the year, let's uh, move into the volleyball state quarterfinals that we have coming up uh, Tuesday. The semis are Thursday and the finals are Saturday. Both the semis and the finals are at Battle Creek at Kellogg Arena. Um so before we get into our, our regional winners, uh, we got to talk about one regional loser, uh, and they're certainly not a loser by any means, uh, and that is Traverse City Central, uh, because they made it to their first regional final uh, in 35 years. The last time was 1987. That was when uh, the current MSU women's basketball coach, Susie Merchant, was on that volleyball team. Uh, and, you know, they fell, they fell short against uh, Rockford, uh, but they were in each of those three sets that they had, even though it was a sweep. Uh, it seemed like that was a, a competitive game. And I really feel like we have to give a, a lot of props to first-year coach Emily Wilbert for for what she did. I mean, she helped those Trojans do something that they hadn't done uh, in, in history, uh, in program history, or hadn't done it in, in quite a long time a conference championship, uh, and, and then what they did throughout the postseason. Just so impressive, and what a fun group they were to watch. Oh, yeah. um, they, they, they really were. I, I think that uh, Emily just has the right temperament for that team and, and is so good about even even those two uh, the struggles that they had, dropping uh, the first set and then coming back and winning the next three. That's the mark of a really good coach who can go to her players and say, all right, yeah, sure, we lost one, but we still have these to play. They come back and they're focused. Uh, I, I just got to, as everyone seems to say, uh, is the, the current phrasing, I got to give, she's got to get her flowers, right? Isn't that what you say? Yeah. Right? Uh, what, a, what a great job. What a great job by her this season. Yeah, it's been cool. Um, I mean, I've been chat with her as well, so I asked about the whole journey. She said it's been pretty remarkable. I mean, once was a player on, the Trojans, now she's coaching the Trojans. 
uh, as a coach, she goes further as she was as a player. So it's even even for her, it's like it's been unreal. It's been a cool journey. She, yeah, she said nothing but positive things about what she's been going through this this up this past season. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, everything that you're saying, that's all there. That's how she viewed the whole season. So it's been cool. Yeah, and they gave Rockford a pretty good game. I mean, it was 3-0, but all three of them were pretty close. I think they were at 21, 19, and 21. No, yeah, they don't give up. Yeah, they don't. They don't give up. Like they, they're still fight around. Like even though like it's a sweep, like you just mentioned it, like they're still fight. They're still claw. Like and Rockford is a very good team as well. Oh yeah, that's and awesome. that, and I had never been inside of Midlands High School before. I've covered things at the football stadium a lot for football and soccer. What are your thoughts? Stuff and even even the lacrosse game there. It is hot as <laughs> inside that school. Bleep button. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, they, so the athletic director said it's a really old school. Like, the school itself is really old. And they have two settings on the thermostat, off and on, no. basically. <laughs> and when it's on, it's on. And it was, like, it had to have been 90 degrees inside that gym. Oh, my goodness. Like, Sorry, I, James. Like, I was sitting there sweating, just, just holding a camera. I'm like these. I'm like these poor girls having to play in this. James, is this one of the more impressive first-year performances by a head coach uh, that you've seen in, in your time, helping take this Traverse City Central team uh, to the heights they reached this season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the talent on the team too, but you a lot of times don't see head coaches come in, and I think a lot of times. Uh, maybe administrators or fans don't have the patience needed because it takes coaches usually a couple years to mm-hmm. settle into these kind of things. And it didn't, there wasn't that at all this year. I mean, it helped that she, obviously she played there. She's been, you know, a JV coach at Central and at West. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, you know, an assistant coach under Emily Bauman, so she learned a lot there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of those things also obviously helped. But, I mean, she's been a very good motivator, I think, for the girls and building building a good team cohesion on that, on that team as well. And, uh, you know, just like having nights where the, the entire team comes over to her house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And stuff like that. So, I mean, there's just been a, a, a lot of things. You know that it's Big pretty impressive. Body. Pretty impressive for a first-year coach Big on to team just body. step in and yeah. and do those kind of things, and then have the success on top of that. Well, I, I know that she said that the, you know next year the the bar has been raised even higher, and uh, we'll we'll see what the Trojans can do uh, in in twenty twenty three. But right now we've got three teams left in twenty twenty two. That's Cadillac. McBain and Leland uh, Cadillac will play Grand Rapids West Catholic at Alma uh, at 6 o'clock on Tuesday. McBain has Calumet, uh, the Copper Kings, uh, at Gaylord High School at 6 o'clock. And then Leland plays Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart at Buckley. Uh, This is not the first time that Leland and and Sacred Heart have have, have met up. Uh, I know that. I think it even might have been last year that Sacred Heart either knocked them out or uh, I can't remember, but... Um, yep. Looking at, at these three games, uh, which team has the best chance to advance to Thursday and Saturday? I mean, of the three, I I would have to go with Leland of the three, if I had to pick one of the three. 
but I think all three of them have a legit shot. Yeah. Because all three of them have very impressive middle blockers and can put up a, a very a, just a great block to, to get your defense started. And so in the in the playoffs that that helps a lot. Huge. That that was the thing that, that really hampered Traverse City Central is that Rockford had a really good block. And so Central had to alter their game plan to go around there. Like, we can't hit through it. We have to change our game plan and try to go around it. They, they were tipping a whole lot starting in the second side of that game just to try to get around that block. And McBain has that in the middle, too, um, you know, with Verberkmos in the middle. And, you know, Leland has that, obviously, with Fiona Mord and the other several other players that they can rotate in there with Plamond and, and uh, who's the other one? Oh, um, Kelsey Allen. Kelsey Allen, yeah, yes, Kelsey. yeah. So the, yeah, with Fiona Mord and Kelsey. and Shelby Plamond and, and Kelsey Allen, they've got three big middle blockers that they can rotate in there. And what's cool, I will say and, this. What's kind of cool about that is like the same Fiona. Because sometimes I in the past, I know this past game Fiona did not start. So they kind of just rotate the three, which is, I mean, that's pretty impressive that you can sub in and out three six-foot girls at mm-hmm. any given point of a game. Yeah. That is huge for that team to do that. Yeah. And it worked. It has worked to pretty much perfection. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty and, and impressive. And then Cadillac has probably the biggest middle blocker of all oh, yeah. in northern Michigan, yeah. in Musta. Yeah. And she's like six-foot-three. Yeah, I, that's who I'm going to take. If I had to pick one team out of these three, and this is, again, I'm not It's not saying anything bad about the other two, but if I had to pick one of the three to, to make it to, to Thursday and, and Saturday, I'm going to go with Cadillac just because of what they've done this season, uh, how they've responded when they faced any sort of adversity, and then they respond in, like, such, uh, like, veracity. Like, they just go once they feel like they've, been beaten or they haven't played up to their capability it seems like they just have this extra gear that they hit and then they, they just really really take off uh we saw they did that in the in the regional uh final uh when they won the first lost the second uh in extra points and then came back and won 25 11 25 7 in the next two games like they just went you know what we're going to take care of business we're done messing around let's go and I feel like that's the kind of team that you want right now. You you have Carissa Muster, you got Josh Seely, uh, you have Mackenzie Johns, Cassie Jenema, Mason McKeever, Brooke Allens, all of them. That's the team that I put my money on right now. Uh, Cadillac for sure. Um, I will say if we're picking teams here, honestly, I'm still sticking with the one that I've seen the most, just because it's makes an easier choice for me. Leyland, just because we've we just broke down the three middle blockers and Olivia Ryder whenever she is serving it's, it's it's cool to watch it's very interesting it looks slow but it's not no one can pick it up so she's doing really well with doing that and then it's team ran which is when I say that I don't mean like the team is literally running the, the show but at times like the team speaks without the coach which I've never seen, and I've asked Lori about that, and it's been something that if she doesn't feel the need to say anything, she lets the players handle it themselves, and look what they are, they're still in it. So it's 
it, it shows the amount of dedication, communication, team bonding, I'm assuming that they had a lot of. All of that mustered into one is making a pretty good run for them right now. So uh, my money on the comments. Too. Keep All right, well, we will find out those results coming up on Tuesday. And if any of those teams make it to Thursday and, and, and Saturday. Uh, but for now, why don't we go ahead and get into our interview with Trevor City St. Francis football players, Joey Donahue and Ryan Henning Newman. around is happy to welcome in Traverse City St. Francis senior Joey Donahue. Hey, thanks for having me. And an offensive lineman Ryan Henning Newman. Glad to be here. Um, so you guys just wrapped up your first day of practice this week for the uh, the state semifinal against New Lothrop. What the you had some film session too, so this is good timing. You guys will be all in tune to what New Lothrop does. Yes. Uh, how excited are you for this weekend? Uh, we're both really excited. I, I just um, we're blessed to be able to still be playing football and excited to go out there. Uh, we only have a couple more opportunities to do it, so uh, got to be excited for it. Yeah, um, I mean, I can't wait. we got two more games left, like Joey said, and we got to make the best of each one of these. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever get nervous going to these games? Like, obviously, it's playoff, big high intensity, want to go home type of situation. But like for you guys, it's like every year, every single year, you guys are in playoffs. Every year, you guys are advancing and moving on. Is there any team, like in particular, like you guys go up against a team, it's like, ah, oh, like get a little bit of nerves, and once you guys go out on the field, it all goes away. Is that, did that ever happen to you guys? I mean, not really for me personally. Uh, we're capable with any team that we play. At least that's how I feel. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to shy away from a competition. And. Yeah. yeah. I see you nodding mm-hmm. your head. You're like, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's always, there's maybe a little, you know, if it's uh, depending on the game, but once you step foot out there and I look to my left and right, see my teammates, you know, I think we're all pretty confident in each other. And I think, you know, like Ryan said, we're capable and we all have faith in our teammates. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so you guys had your team dinner tonight, right? You have that, you have that every week, every Monday? Uh, well, for so we traditionally we have a spaghetti dinner for uh, pregame every single week, and then starting the playoffs we do a steak dinner with a milkshake for after every the Monday after every playoff win. So that's a okay. tradition. Okay, so is that at somebody's house, or do you go out to a restaurant, or all all St. Francis cafeteria? Okay, uh, all the parents come help out. It's it's uh, it's a cool tradition. Okay, milkshakes we talking about chocolate. Okay. Yeah, okay. Is that the only like the only flavor or yeah, yeah. chocolate usually? Yeah. Uh, sure. How big of a steak? Uh-huh. Pretty good size. <laughs> I don't know Ryan's next hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best size. They're, they're, they're max power, so we're grateful. We're grateful. Yeah, I was gonna they're say you can't be. You, can't, you, can't, you know, they're grateful. Steaks and powers, steaks so. and shakes, bro. Mm-hmm. I believe they're do- they're all donated, so yeah. So oh, okay. very appreciative for that. I heard the team went out and bought some uh, some heaters for the uh, sidelines for this weekend because it's supposed to be pretty. Like it, I think in the twenties. Yeah, it's it's gonna be chilly, so we're gonna need those heaters. <laughs> <laughs> How much do those help on the sideline? Especially I mean, especially you guys playing both ways. I mean, you probably stay pretty warm. Yeah, 
playing both ways, you don't get too cold, but as soon as you come off the field, you're like, oh, yeah, it's real cold. So I know I was huddled around that heater the whole time last game. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say, how was it? Because obviously, that was it. That was like the start of, I guess you could say, snow day up here. Um, and then obviously, you guys had to play right, right when it happened. So how was that? Was there any adjustment that you guys had to make, or is it just we are familiar with this type of situations? I mean, there wasn't too many adjustments we had made. It wasn't like the week prior where we had like, torrential downpours yeah so i mean still played pretty well in snow and it was off and on so i mean there was just a little bit at the end of the second quarter there that really started snowing and i still don't think it really became an issue at all well mm-hmm. i think you guys would have been like uh middle schoolers the, the time when the game the game in millington oh remember yeah. that one yep were you guys at that one i wasn't there i heard about it i wasn't there either oh my god it was so cold it was it was the worst weather for a football game that I've ever covered. How cold was it? Like, I think 12. Yeah, I heard people... 12 or 14 or something, but it was windy too, so the, the <laughs> wind chill was like negative. People's helmets, their straps were like breaking off because mm-hmm. it was so cold. <laughs> they get like stuck on a thing and break off. So. Yeah, and they had like four of the sideline heaters then yeah, at that I, game too. Four I or six. For that one, I'm pretty four sure. or six. Yeah, it took me like 15 minutes after game time to get feeling back in my fingers. Because I had to take pictures for that game, too, so I couldn't wear gloves. <laughs> it was just awful. I heard there's various different ways for, like, to s- stay warm. Obviously, the coats and jackets, the hand warmers and all that stuff. Someone, I heard this on a pod. Maybe you guys might be able to clear this up. There's, like, Vaseline that helps open up the pores. So, like, because football players in the NFL, they do this. That's where I heard this. For you guys, do you have, like, any ways, obviously, the gloves the hand warmers or all that stuff but is that all there is yeah, try I mean, to do to stay warm or is there any anything tried, else i never tried the vaseline personally yeah, it was random to hear that i was like oh that's so interesting yeah, i've never tried that I've never heard of anyone try that but i mean i'm not gonna rule it out but i mean uh like latex surgical gloves okay we always will put those underneath our actual gloves and like traps the heat in those keeps your hands warm and then in practice mm-hmm. we'll put on some sweatshirts and sweatpants and <laughs> Underneath all the practice stuff to stay extra cozy. Anyone go out there in just shorts and short sleeves and just go out and do practice in the 30, 40 degree cold? Um, anyone I mean, anyone bold enough to do that yet? In practice? I wouldn't say too many people. In a game, I'll go okay. without anything just because I know I'll be sweating no matter what. Like Jerry Andrews would be. Yeah, man. Like he. <laughs> that guy wore <laughs> shorts for every game, no matter what. Really? They played a playoff game here at Thrillby that was just in a blizzard. Dude's still wearing shorts on the sideline. <laughs> I am not from here. Really, I'm not from here, so that's why I'm very curious to hear all of this. Wow. Shorts in a blizzard? Dude, going to be sick, bro. Yeah. We used to say that his, uh, his, his evil t- twin would be pants-wearing Jerry. Because <laughs> he, like, never wears pants. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that dude. No. Not in shorts. Wow. Middle of winter, doesn't matter. Can't be <laughs> me. Cannot be me. Um, getting back to football, um, so how much was the Benzie game kind of a wake-up call for you guys? Oh, I think it was a huge wake-up call for all of us. I mean, you know, as much as we're you're happy to win a playoff game, we all, at, immediately right after the game, we all just kind of looked at each other, at least the seniors, and we're like, you know, we're thankful to um, have won, but also that was a gut check for us all. 
and I think I think we needed it quite honestly. But uh, yeah, I guess everything happens for a reason, and uh, we got we got uh, humbled a little bit that game, and I think it helped us out. Uh, we had a great week of practice after that, um, so yeah, it definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Does it kind of opposite? Does it how hard is how hard is it to not feel really good about yourself after just totally destroying Ithaca? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like a. It kind of feels good after having a reality check, knowing that like okay, we're still this team. We still have the capability to do mm-hmm. these kind of things. But um, on the other hand, it's like, sure we ramped up a score, but we can't let that get to our heads, and we still have to stay focused and know that we're still possibly going to face some challenges we will face some challenges and mm-hmm. just got to stay focused i'm imagine imagining that coach sellers is beating it into your guys heads that this team beat you two years ago yeah it's, it's been talked <laughs> about already for sure it's, it's how how much of a motivation is that personally for me playing in uh that game on ford field uh i have i'm very very motivated to go out there and make sure that it's known that we belong out there with them Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, true, Joe. I mean, you were playing. You were playing in that game two years ago. What, what, what do you think of when you think back to that? Oh uh, yeah, Ryan and I were both there actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely when I hear the name New Lothrop, I get kind of a uh, bad feeling in my stomach uh, from the sense that uh, you know they they took it to us in that first half. Um, we ended up. We had a good second half, made it close, but uh, definitely a game I wish that I had back. And so to get another chance to play them, um, I think we're all excited, and I think we're uh, getting ready to um, have a good week of practice to play a tough opponent. Mm-hmm. And did you guys know that the 63 points that you scored was the most anybody's ever scored against Ithaca? Uh, we didn't know that right after the game, but I think I saw it somewhere on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, that... That's cool, I guess. We made history in a way, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Is it just kind of, that's got to be kind of a cool confidence booster to do something like that? Yeah, I'd say it's definitely um, testimony to our offense, and uh, we, we definitely performed our offensive line. Uh, it was a statement game for them, I'd say, but Coach Oz has also been reiterating that um, as good of a game that we had that, you know, that game isn't going to win us any other games. We still have to go out and perform, and uh, we can't be too happy about that win. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, because just looking at all of these scores, it seems like a 63 nothing would sound great to you guys and you guys' eyes. Well, obviously, we just sat here and talked about what happened two years ago. Um, that's the only thing that's probably on all of you guys' minds at this point, um, despite how many blowouts or how many teams you guys have ran tables with. But... Um, I want to circle back to Benzie because it, you guys mentioned something that humbled you guys. Beating a bunch, all of these teams by this many scores and to have that close of a game with Benzie, was that like a reality check? Like, oh, anybody can have us. Like, anybody can get us. Like, just, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Benzie. It doesn't matter if it's Detroit. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Anybody can get us. And so, for you guys to come out the next week and do that, what... What were the conversations like during the week? Because that had been very interesting. I mean, yeah, like Joey said before, it is a reality check for us, or it was a reality check. Um, all week we were just talking about how that game doesn't necessarily define us. Okay. 
Um, we still, we're still the same team that could put up those big scores, but against an incredibly improved Benzie team, uh, it was just a little like, okay, we, we needed that, and now we're going to grow from it, and we're going to take on next week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this week, um, if you had a choice, would you rather be in football practice or in a deer blind? Um, well, I'm going to take football practice. I am a hunter, but... I mean, if you, could just, if you could just get out of football practice and go hunting, like, like would you do it? Uh, I still don't know. I, <laughs> at least when I'm playing football, I can move around, so I won't be as cold. So I think I won't take football practice on that one. Mm, I heard you're a pretty big hunter. I am. Uh, I mean, my whole family, it's a big family thing for us. Uh, I love hunting, but senior year of football, got to love it, got to do it. Mm-hmm. You gonna try to find some time outside of practice to be able to go out? Maybe. I hope to. I really hope to. And hopefully on the weekends or something, Sundays, get a mm-hmm. shot. St. Francis is not one of those schools like Kingsley where you, everybody gets they get the opening day of deer season off. <laughs> not, not quite like Kingsley. <laughs> it's a little bit different as St. Francis. Um. So now I heard uh, that the uh, the young kids in Immaculate Conception make you guys cards for the for the playoffs to teach the players. Uh, what's the funniest card that you've gotten? <laughs> uh, well, um, I did. Re- I received a card with. Um, it was b- very sweet cards. I think I got a handful of them, and there's one where my last name was misspelled, unfortunately, uh, and uh, saying something that wasn't quite my last name. But it was. Uh, it was very funny to see him. Right, it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. Is that kind of stuck as a nickname? Um, yeah, here and there. I think <laughs> it was one of those things where uh, some of the coaches saw it, some of my teammates saw it, and, yeah, it definitely gets thrown around a little bit. <laughs> I saw immediately, as soon as I asked that question, you just slid uh, the microphone over to him because <laughs> you knew where this was going. Yeah, um, that's yeah. All I had to read the card twice. I was like, I was like, am I reading this right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Brendan can choose to edit this out if he wants to, but oh, it's yeah. said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, say, anyway. give this to Joey Douche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, please give please this please to give this Joey Douche. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, that, that uh, made us laugh for sure. That was, was at a team dinner as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. What, awesome. what ones did you get? Um, I mean, I didn't get any crazy funny ones like that. I've just gotten some really funky drawings. Some kids that are just now learning how to spell. So, um, <laughs> we really appreciate them. Yeah, we do. It's always a great yeah. thing to see during class. Yeah, it yeah. seems like an awesome thing and, yeah. and something cool for the to get the little kids kind of involved in the football program and yeah. looking up to football players I mean, to kind of. Last th- week we went over to IC and uh, we did the car line with all the kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was mulling in their cars and just building relationships with those younger kids. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to help our program grow and keep those kids interested in us when they get older, but. It also, just those kids love it. They look up to us. They're excited. And yeah. mm-hmm. how long have you guys been doing that? Like, was that something that you guys have started this year, or is that as far as like TC football engaging with the community, doing stuff like that with the cards? Or I mean, the cards have always been a thing I mean, since I can remember. Since I was a freshman, okay. Pulled up on playoffs, we always got cards. But um, the car line thing that was brand new, and that was the most fun I've had in a long time. Seeing all those little kids all having so much fun and jumping around, and we walked in the building. It's pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Is it cool to know that, like, although it is a small town, little kids know who you guys are, 
Like that has to feel some type of way. Like you're not gonna get that anywhere else. Yeah. Like no. what? Like outside. Like if you go all the way down to like mid-state, like obviously they probably know the school, but they're not gonna know who you personally are. Now you walk into like an elementary school up the street. Kids are probably reading our papers. We're reading your guys' books. They even now when I went to games, there's like kids wearing jerseys. Personally, I grew up in a high school where that never existed. So it, for me, it was kind of a culture shock and pretty cool to see. For you guys to see that, how is that to see? Oh, it's it's awesome. We live for it. Um, when we get those cards, you know, as much as we like joking around about them, it's uh, like they're really, those little kids put a lot of time and effort into them. Um, it's, we really like connecting with uh, uh, younger kids. And uh, I think Drew Hardy, actually, he has a, a younger kid at the elementary school who, or he's very, he's very little, but he idolizes Drew and um, Coach Lutka, who owns Threads, got him a, jer- a, a, a St. Francis jersey with Hardy on the back. And uh, that kid was just like, he was so excited to be wearing the jersey at the game, got pictures with Drew. It's just for it to come full circle, they come support us, and then we give back to them. It's really cool, really cool experience. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So you, how many siblings do you have? I have uh, eight siblings, so I'm, eight? I'm used to the... You're uh, the second oldest, right? Um, no, I'm the fourth. Fourth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're kind of in the middle. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, middle-ish. I was in the middle at one point, and then... <laughs> <laughs> they kept adding to the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's that like, just having a big household like that? Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It can get crazy. I mean, obviously, there's... Um, ton of people doing a ton of different things so uh definitely have to help out with carpooling and whatnot but yeah it's uh, i have a ton of little brothers and they all love football so getting in the backyard even my little sister she likes playing with us um it's just a lot of fun um being able to uh play sports with them help them when they go to when i help them at camps and stuff so it's it's mm-hmm. really cool yeah how about you how yeah, I got what? I got four sisters. Uh, I'm the oldest of all of them, so okay. it's, a, it's a struggle sometimes, but <laughs> I, I make it through. Uh, two younger sisters, so four. I can assume how how you're feeling right now. So yeah, it's a. Yeah, it is. It's something. Couldn't get a brother, but it's yeah, right. it's something, man. <laughs> yeah, then you realize like, oh, you know what? I am here to guide and yeah, protect. I'm there, and I'm there to take care of them. Exactly. Yep. One hundred percent for you, dude. Um, okay, so so Joe, you gotta tell the story about when you got your wisdom teeth pulled and what you did that day. Oh, that that's a good one. So uh, I was injured, so I couldn't play basketball. So I was like, all right, figured I might as well use this opportunity to get my wisdom teeth out. Um, so I wasn't in the sports season, and it happened to be on the game day of when uh, we were playing at Grayling, and I had to stay home obviously because. I got my wisdom teeth out and I was out of it. Get home, um, so I'm still out of it at this point. And I, I put on my jersey, my basketball jersey, and I was wearing it around the house. And my brother Casey was home, and I was like, "Tell Coach Finnegan I'm gonna play. Like, I'm coming. I'm ready to go and stuff." I was wearing my jersey around the house. I was like, "Mom, we gotta go. Like, I gotta get to the game and stuff like that." And I just was under the impression that I was actually gonna play even though I was still hurt. And then I fell asleep 
in the jersey woke up and had a huge blood stain on it. So Coach Finn wasn't very happy to see that I stained it, but it, it got out eventually. Should donate that one. That's great. Should donate that one, dude. Yeah, if that one's not usable anymore. Yeah, so hang that one up yeah, in here. No, 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 I still wore it for the rest of the season. Yeah, <laughs> um, like your your dad played in the state finals back yeah, in '98. Right? Uh, 90, yeah, 98. 98. 98, okay. When they played, what, Unionville Seabwing? It might have been. I they lost. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was a close loss. Um, I heard, so I heard he had an incident when he, they were playing there at the at the Silver Dome. Yeah, I'm thinking about the same thing. I'm kind of, he uh, went to the bathroom in his pants. He was so sweaty that he didn't want to leave the field, so he just did it there. Well, you, well, you can't. If you're playing both ways, yeah, you don't have you know, the time to. The, in those stadiums, the bathrooms are so far away. Yeah, you just gotta, you gotta get it done there. <laughs> so, what advice did he give you for this year if you're playing in the in Ford Field? Well, I mean, he told me that if you gotta do, it, you gotta do it. But personally, I'm just, I'll just hold it in. Just, <laughs> just go right before the game. Yeah, yeah. If I can't make it till halftime, then yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'll just hold it in. <laughs> that's like, that's like, if anybody ever asked me, like, one of the first things about being a sports writer, I'm like. You go to the bathroom right when you get to the high school before you go to the game. Like if you're going to a basketball game or like or whatever, and then you cover the game and everything like that. And then when you're done and you're leaving the high school, go again because there's nothing worse than sitting there writing on deadline and having to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it is horrible. And there's everything is closed. There's you know, there's nothing open until you get home. Yeah. Literally, yeah, yeah. that's how it is. And I learned just, that the I'm hard way. in my car. <laughs> Usually just sitting in my car way. in a parking lot, writing the story and going through photos and all that, and just, oh, it can be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess just tell me a little bit about New Lothrop and what you expect to see from them. Um, it seems like they have a sort of similar offense to Ithaca um, in that they have a quarterback who kind of their offense – revolves around but uh what are the similarities and differences between them and Ithaca um I'd say a pretty big difference between them two is probably their offensive line and defensive line for that matter um I know size size is a lot different when it comes to these teams New York has mm-hmm. got a lot more bigger boys mm-hmm. um both sides of the ball uh but on the other hand I think most of the kids start on both sides on both sides of the line so who knows what factors that could also play if the mm-hmm. kids aren't conditioned too well. Um, Ithaca so had some decent-sized guys in the line, though, they, too. They did. Have they did. Then they, they had one guy with, like, a full beard. Yeah, number 72. He was lined up across from me for about half the game. He could hit you hard. He moved too quick, but he hit you hard when he hit you. And, but, yeah, so I'm expecting a little more faster-paced game for sure. Coming from New Lothrop, um, like I said, mm-hmm. probably a lot more sound offense. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they bring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, just talk about just talk about the line, and, and Ryan's part of that, obviously, <laughs> and what they did against Ithaca. I mean, it, it just it seemed like when the ball was snapped, they were instantly like three yards downfield, and Ithaca's players were just like they were on a treadmill that was going backwards. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I had a good view in the backfield. Uh, as soon as I got the ball, I'd look forward and. I'd maybe see, I, I pretty much just saw green, so a lot of credit to them for um, great week, great week of practice. Uh, yeah, they blocked very, very well. Um, I think Coach might have challenged them after Benzie to see 
you know, how, how the line could pick it up. And, you know, they definitely set the tone for the game. Um, we had a couple huge plays at the beginning of the game. Like, like we had a 70-yarder that got taken back, and then we had an 80-yarder to follow. And those were, I credit those pretty much to the line both times. So they definitely set the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 69 and 74, I think yeah. is what it was. Yeah, because Wyatt's got called back with a penalty, yeah. a five-yard yeah. penalty, and then we the, the next play, and yeah. the next play Garrett goes. Yeah. Have you seen Garrett run that fast before? Like uh, he outran the entire defense. Yeah, that was, he, that was pretty impressive. He, <laughs> I, was, I was a couple yards behind him, and I saw like four guys tackle him, or attempt to tackle him at least, and he spun out of that, and I was like, okay, maybe that'll be a first down. And then he, t- he turned on the Jets, and I was like, okay, that's probably a touchdown. So, yeah, it was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Are any yeah. of you guys two superstitious people? As in, like, game-wide, like, you have to wear these certain socks, do your hair a certain way, especially now with how you guys have been doing, as in winning every single game. Is there any superstition that comes into play, or you guys just go out and just do what you need to do? Mm, for me, I like to go on a walk before the game. Okay. More for more, it's you listen to you listen to music on than, you uh, listen to music on that walk. Uh, I just usually like to keep my head clear. Absolutely. Uh, go on a walk. I'll do my pregame stretching, but besides that, usually that's just my routine. Nothing else. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I normally I got a spot in the gym every time I go up and sit and sit there. I listen to some music. I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a banana, and a bottle of water. Uh, what music? You, what music is being played? Honestly. It just depends how I'm feeling. It could be rap. It could be so country. What, so what was what was what was being played on Saturday? On Saturday, I'd probably guess some old like metal or some modern rap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got a wide variety. It's all a little different. For what? All right. Which old metal? I gotta yeah, ask you yeah, that. You're speaking to a guy that. Old metal for me is probably might be a little different for some other people. What so what? Uh, I'd probably say a better. Would be like ACDC. Okay. And well, that's and like older metal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say something yeah. else. Like the, what was it? Blink 182 or something like that. I don't know. That's not metal. That's. No. That, I don't that's kind of like. It's alternative. I'm talking about. Yeah. I guess. Wait, what about mo- wait, you say modern rap? Like what? Like. I mean, like. Uh, I mean, Eminem. I listen to okay. him. Not many people listen to him anymore, but I still listen to him. Why? Uh, <laughs> so do I. Yeah, I mean, uh, any big name. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so just hypothetically, say you, you beat New Lothrop. What what are you looking forward to most about going back to Ford Field, playing there again? Um, personally, I'm looking forward to just, uh, I mean, making our mark on the field. I mean, in that second half of the New Lothrop game, we came back and we showed them that we could play with them. But I'm looking forward to playing a full four quarters of football against whoever we meet, Napoleon or Lumen Christie. I'm just, I'm looking forward to playing our best football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Ryan. I mean, just playing a full game um, and just getting it done, honestly, uh, if we can walk away with the win. Obviously, granted that we take care of business this Saturday, but, you know, uh, yeah, I'm definitely just looking forward to putting out a better effort than we had last time. Mm-hmm. I know you, you, you probably don't necessarily care one way or the other, but how cool would it be to get a rematch against Lumen Christie? Yeah, that, that would be really special. Obviously, we met up 
with them very early in the season. Mm-hmm. So um, you get to see how uh, both the teams grew, um, how you know we've adjusted, how we've um, adapted our offenses and defenses, and just you know, it was a good game the first run, first time through, and probably probably would be a good game the second time. So it would be fun for sure. Do mm-hmm. any of you mentioned your dad was a uh, player at St. Francis, right? Yep. So I would assume with the run that you guys have been on, uh, either him or previous players in the past, has given you guys like, advice to reach out to you guys about the season you guys have been having this far, just like saying keep it up or like any type of advice to move forward and how help you guys? Yeah, I mean, there's always people, uh, I mean, wishing us luck that yeah. were past alumni from the team. I know, I think it was, was it sophomore year when we had like the video? Yeah. We had a video made for us sophomore year um, during like the whole COVID and everything. And uh, um, it was a bunch of football alumni sent videos into our coach Beckwith. And the videos were all just like them wishing us luck and to go get the job done. And our coach put it into a big, like big long video and we played it for us before, I think right before we went to Ford. And that, that was really cool see all the support we had from all over the country. I mean, I know some of those people were from the other side of the country, and maybe some even out of the United States, depending on it. But it was just awesome to see, see the support from all the all the older people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Was there anything at Ford Field when you played there two years ago that you were surprised by? Just just the facility itself, you know, like that you thought maybe the locker room would be different or, I don't you know. Just anything that you were like not expecting. For me, it was probably how hot it is in there, or the lighting. It's very light, and it's um, it's very hot. Cause especially in Michigan, you know, uh, regional finals and semifinals are usually kind of like 30 degrees, 20 degrees. And I think we played we played uh, in Cass Cass City, and. It, it was probably about 30 degrees that game. and then If that. Right, it was cold. <laughs> it was very cold. It was cold. And then turn yeah. around and we're playing in indoor facility and it's like probably 75, 80 degrees in there. So at least mm-hmm. it felt like it at the time. Yeah. Uh, Brian, how about you? I would. Um, I'd agree with Joey on the lighting. I remember walking in there uh, and it was just like, it was like you're looking at like a star at first and your eyes adjust to it. It was really bright in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, there wasn't too much besides that. Maybe just like the immense amount of seating that really blew you away. Also, and you sat and walked in there, which mm-hmm. all the empty seats, sadly at the time. But yeah, I'd say the lights. The lights were kind of like a wow, we're here. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's always the weird thing about the finals is that that you know, it, this you can't fill those yeah. stadiums with high school yeah. game and everything. Um, and then, I mean. And then they make the media. They put us in the press box, so it's way, way up there. You see, I don't know if you guys could even see where the press boxes are from Is the it really field. That hardly. high? Yeah, it's way, way up. They're on top never of been, the second deck. Never been inside. Yeah, I'm actually excited. Yeah, you guys look like ants. <laughs> when, oh my! From the press box, it's. I need to bring binoculars. Really? I, I haven't before, but I need. I should. Oh wow! I don't realize it was that yeah. high. Oh my! Okay. Yeah. Although it was close enough to notice the new Lothrop wide receiver puking yeah. two years ago. Yeah, I remember. 
I, I didn't even notice it was on the jumbotron. Yeah, well, I think it actually made it on like the TV. It might have because it was like right after he scored a touchdown, like a long run yeah. or something. Yeah, it was right after he scored a touchdown, and it cut right to him, and he started throwing up. But then, like within like half a second, he got switched off of him. Oh. <laughs> well, hopefully, we don't do that. No, I hope not. Right? No. Because you had that happen in a game earlier this season, didn't you? Oh yeah, I've. Um, I don't hold my stomach very well in games, and very first game of the year, uh, I was pretty hot, and I think I, I ran a touchdown. Went to the sideline, and yeah, just <laughs> threw up pretty much everything in my stomach, and that happens kind of often to me. Not so much in the cold weather, but yeah, hopefully I can keep it down if we get in, in the hot in the hot stuff. Well, what do you do after right after that in a game where you've just done that? Do you just immediately need to eat something to get, kind of get something back in your stomach, or do you just know? Usually, I don't like to eat something because then it just it doesn't really get time to digest, and then it makes me want to throw up again. So. Uh, our trainer, Len, usually likes to um, give us a lot of water after to replenish the water we lost when we throw up, and that's about it. I usually don't notice how hungry I am in the game anyway, so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't oh. think so. So, obviously, football is life for you guys right now, but obviously this time, there's bonding time for you guys. My sir, I have one question for you guys. I don't know if you guys are video game players or your team is. Who is the worst Madden player on the team? Um... Uh, I say why not say this is the worst match? <laughs> really? Why? Why? Well, that's a that's a big that's a bold that's a that's why that's a statement. Uh, you know he's actually not, but he's he's pretty cocky video game player. I actually I play him in Madden a decent amount, and I'm I'm not gonna share the results on the podcast. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, you have a winning record? Yeah, uh, I don't have a winning record, but. <laughs> I just wanted to call him out on here, <laughs> humble him a little bit. So, why, if you're listening, you're terrible at Madden. Uh, um, I mean, I don't really play anyone on Madden. I don't play Madden too much, but I can tell you right now, I am not good at Madden. So, we'll go. With you that. play for, you play video games at all? Yeah, I play like uh, Call of Duty. That's my kind of stuff. So, I'm guessing you. Uh, okay, then I gotta ask you this because this is very interesting. The fact that Kyle Murray can't really play well whenever Modern Warfare comes out for you. When MOW came out in the midst of your guys' playoffs, how did you, how did you balance that? Uh, I know that's a tough question. That's a, that's a real question, man. Cause I mean, you always got to give some time to film and stuff like that. I forgot yeah. to tell you last week, I played quite a bit. Me and, <laughs> it's, me and you're, you're, say this. We, you're still here. You're still we here. Played, so. We played quite a bit of video games last week. So. <laughs> For sure. And you still had good games. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. St. Francis didn't have to put in your contract that you had to watch so much <laughs> no, not quite. video yeah, every week. Balance. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. Uh, please hit that answer, bro. Thanks, bro. You good? I'm good. All right. It. Well, Joey, Ryan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking time out of your day, and uh, best of luck next week against New Lothrop. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again to Joey and Ryan for joining James and Jordan in the Get Around Podcast studio. Hopefully, they will benefit from the Get Around bump uh, as much as uh, last week's guests did. James, 
you, know, you were just running down the numbers uh, off air, but uh, Hunter Jones and Sophia Ryan had uh, uh, a nice post state finals performance. Yeah, yeah. Ryan committed to Michigan Tech for cross country and track over the weekend, and uh, Hunter ran a fourteen twenty one point seven to shatter the course record at the Nike Cross Midwest Meet. By that's got to be his by, fastest ever, right? By twenty six seconds. Like that's like an all star oh. meet. That's right. You know, and he and he beat the record by twenty six seconds. So that qualifies him for Nike Nationals. And My goodness. Okay. All right. Um, well, if he wasn't already in the Get Around Hall of Fame, he would certainly be a nominee. But let's get into this week's uh, nominees for the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Student Athlete of the Week. I'll get us started. Uh, I mentioned her before. Uh, also, she was on the team that I have uh, picked to go far uh, in the volleyball uh, state tournament. Cadillacs, Carissa Musta um, in the Vikings force that went over Sheboygan. Uh, she was a monster in that third set, really set the tone for them, settled down the team after they lost the second set, uh, and finished with 27 kills and eight blocks. I'll, I'll say the eight blocks is almost more impressive than uh, the 27 kills. You don't often get that close to double digits in, in blocks uh, in, in a four-set match, and, and she did that. So uh, big ups to, uh, to Carissa and uh, that regional championship win. James, your nomination. Uh, I got uh, Garrett Hathaway from Traverse City, St. Francis. Um, he just had a pretty epic game uh, for St. Francis. Like one of the most complete games I've seen out of a running back in in high school. Uh, he ran eight times, only eight times, because um, he didn't he didn't play in the second half. Uh, for 167 yards and three touchdowns, he caught one pass for 13 yards and a touchdown. And had a few tackles on defense as well in the first half. But that the first quarter uh, where St. Francis had over 300 yards of total offense, he had a 76-yard run, touchdown run where he ran away from the defense, where he just simply outran in, I think his entire defense. And a pretty straight-up run play. He had a play where he got the ball and ran into a mass of Ithaca defenders. And a couple of block linemen, I think, got behind him too and stuff. But he pushed the pile and got an 11-yard gain out of it. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. He is, and then, and he he, is an he, emotional dude too. Like, I love caught a the touchdown way pass. he plays. Yeah, and then he caught a pass for a touchdown too. So he showed the hands. Wow. He's, he's got speed. He's got power. He's got hands. And he plays with such passion. It's awesome. He is an awesome player to watch. Uh, the times that I've gone and, and taken photographs at St. Francis games. Just been an absolute pleasure to watch that kid play football. Uh, all right, our third and final nomination, Jordan. Yeah, um, I'm going to stick with volleyball. Um, although uh, Elk Rapids did lose, it's still worth noting a player from that, despite whatever the outcome might have been. Uh, senior volleyball player Riley Yoakum from Elk Rapids led the team with 37 assists and 16 digs. But, um, yeah, you know, it's... Although losses are tough, especially when you're a senior, but you can also look back at like how far like you were able to take the team, and uh, they they lost in three to two last set. So, I mean, they were still in it, um, but she deserves my nomination. So that's why I'm throwing it out there. All right, All right James, we'll start the voting with you this week. 
Um, I'll, I'll vote for Hathaway. <laughs> just to just to be selfish. I'm leaning Hathaway's way as well, yeah, Jordan. It, yeah, I, no, no question. The only the only thing that like where I was like ah, I don't know if I'm going to vote for him is because I'm pretty sure we're going to have to put him in anyway when he's part of the state championship winning team. Then he can just tell him but, I got in before you did. There yeah. You go. So uh, congratulations, <laughs> Traverse City St. Francis football player Garrett Hathaway. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. Oh, and I forgot to to do this at the top of the show, but guess what? The Get Around Hall of Fame and the Get Around Podcast are brought to you by Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Johns. Jimmy Johns has two locations in Traverse City. They make you subs that are freaky fresh and do it freaky fast because they're Jimmy Johns. Freak yeah. Yeah, boy. Thank you. You, you know what I was thinking what you should do is maybe just record the promos and then you could just slip them into the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. So I don't have to say them every single week? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh-uh. All right, well, let's uh, let's end the show on a happy note and get into uh, the best things in the week. So I changed it again this week. One thing that made you happy in sports, one thing that made you happy outside of sports. I will get us started. Um, and I don't know, it It makes me happy only because, uh, or maybe it makes me sad. I don't know, but I, I just, I, I needed to bring this up. So Justin Fields yesterday uh, had a touchdown run of 68 yards, apparently on like FanDuel or DraftKings or something like that. There was a prop bet for a uh, Justin Fields touchdown run of 48 yards or more. If you bet $10, it paid out $2,460. I wish that I could have told you that I put $100 down on that and it would be $24,000 richer, but I'm not. I Unfortunately, that's not the case. But I saw that and was like, oh, my God, how incredible that must have been. I also wish that I could have told you that I, that I, I bought a ticket for the Powerball in California, but unfortunately I wasn't I wasn't in California. I know exactly what um, that is, though. With, like, where Altadena is, I know that's why when it's in California, and it's, I said, well, hold on, where is it? And it said, SoCal. I'm like, oh, this is a little too close to home. And it said, Altadena. I'm like, wow, that is literally 40 minutes from my house, which is 10, like, 10, 15 minutes from where my whole entire, like, cousins all live. That's... Yeah, that was close to home for sure. <laughs> so even though that didn't happen, it did make me happy that there was a guy out there who placed a $10 bet and and walked away uh, $2,400 richer. So uh, shout out uh, to that guy. Um, what about you guys? What made you happy inside of sports? Well, the Lions ran, won their second in a row, but I don't know I want to spend a whole lot of time on that. That made me happy. That made me happy. Shout out to the Lions for, for getting a win. Best-case best scenario for the Bears. Good game by Justin Fields. He made a couple of dumb plays that he'll learn from, which is really, uh, which is great. Uh, and they, again, improved their stock, uh, their, their draft position. Yeah, Love where it. they can take a kicker. <laughs> they have a good kicker, like, but for some reason... He missed an extra point that cost him the game. He extra point, dude. Yeah. He hasn't he hasn't missed a field goal this year, but he's missed three extra points. Figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the Lions, uh, Dan Orlowski had a horrible. He continues this trend of horrible food tweets. Oh no! Or horrible food takes. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, former Detroit Lions quarterback, famous for running out of the end back of the end zone for safety. Uh, he recommends dipping French fries in olive oil. How disgusting does that sound? I mean, I like dipping. Uh, I like olive oil. I like French I like fries. Di- but I like dipping bread. Not together. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah, bread. It yes. It seems like you're just you're, you're dipping something that's already been fried in oil back in oil. Yeah, it just seems horrible. But Orlowski's kind of known for his horrible takes on food. He is. And Halloween candy. Yo, don't even get yeah, His <laughs> Halloween candy is absurd. His, his, his takes have been pretty, pretty, pretty bad. It's absurd. I, I also found myself on Friday night kind of rooting, I think it was Friday night, Thursday or Friday night, uh, when Eastern Michigan was playing Michigan. Yep, yep. Like, yep. I kind of found myself rooting for Eastern Michigan. At the end, well, I'm like, I'm like this not? would be pretty awesome if they pulled this off. Jordan, anything that made you happy in sports this week before we get to what made us happy outside of sports? Yeah, sure. Um, so this was honestly really cool. So the best thing I wrote down so I don't have to skip anything. So the best thing I saw was my college buddy back on Mount Sac in California uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rashad White made social media waves for his disturbing, nasty, savage, stiff arm on on the Seattle Seahawks safety. He basically just shoved him down to the ground. That's his name. That's his name. Former Lion. Yeah, he shoved him, like legit (laughs) shoved, Najee Harris shoved to the ground. And I reached out to him when that made the waves. Tom Brady posted it on his social media. Bucks players posted it on their social media. So I reached out to him, I was like, bro, this is really cool. Like, that was some Najee Harris play that you did. He hit me back up saying, thank you, bro. I appreciate it. I was like, all right, cool. Keep doing what you're doing. It's cool because he made he from he started at the Juco level, which Juco was junior football, and now he's the second string running back for the Tampa Bay Bucks and getting posted on Tom Brady's social media page and just making waves. It's, that's pretty cool. Like, that's really cool to see. I was very happy to see that. Awesome. All right. Now, uh, what made us happy uh, outside of sports? I'll, I'll get us started uh, on that side as well. I uh, went to the movies for the first time by myself yesterday. First time I've ever gone to the movies by myself. Uh, and uh, did not go see uh, Wakanda Forever. I will see that eventually. But I went and saw uh, a movie called The Banshees of Inishirin. Uh, which has Colin Farrell and, and Brendan Gleeson in it. And it's uh, from one of my favorite filmmakers, uh, Martin McDonough, who's done In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, um, and, and those movies. And it is, it's a sad Irish movie set in 1923 during the Civil War, but it's also got some lighthearted, funny humor. It's disturbing at points. And uh, uh, it was just, it was cool. I was just like, I want to go see this movie. Uh, I know no one else I know wants to go see this movie, so I'm going to go see it by myself. Uh, I did. I thought it was great. I see a a lot of Oscar nominations for this movie. I'm going to say Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Colin Farrell, Best Supporting Actor, uh, Brendan Gleeson, and and Best Supporting Actress, uh, Carrie Condon. Even maybe a a Best Supporting Actor for Barry uh, Cohen, or Keown, I don't know how you say his last name, but he's the one who plays the Joker in the most recent Batman. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Uh, it was it was cool. I went uh, and... Would you recommend saw this movie? a good movie. And it's just like a Brendan... I, I mean, I... It, it sounds I a lot really like Belfast. Like it. It's, it does. 
it, it's not. Colin Farrell is incredible in it. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not good. So I mean, I'm just good. saying it sounds like Belfast it's was really similar. good too. Yeah. It sounds like a similar vein as yes. Belfast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I I would recommend it. You, you know, it doesn't have a happy ending. You don't leave there going, "Ooh, I feel good." You don't. You definitely don't leave the the movie feeling good. Uh, it's not a feel good movie, but it's a good. But it's a good movie. So that's my that's my happy thing outside of uh, sports. What about you guys? Hmm. I thought it was. I enjoyed uh, over the weekend seeing a lot of people uh, turn on Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you've been going hard after Elon on Twitter, man. Yeah, I've been Elon, watching. Like, hard, huh? Yeah, do, I was, I'm like, do your thing, James. <laughs> do your thing, bro. Mostly, he's just been liking tweets, aside from the one, yeah. uh, the one way. tweet. But uh, I just, you know, <laughs> do your thing, James. Don't kind of agree with how he's done things. I've been on Twitter so long since junior high. I have seen it transform. Like that was my way. Like it was MySpace, and then MySpace was growing. So after MySpace went on Facebook, I was like, no, this is not it. They hopped on Twitter ever since freshman year of high school and never been off. It's very different. Yeah. Very, very I just different. hope it survives Elon I Musk because I've put a lot of time into my Twitter profile. <laughs> yeah, was, oh, man. Anyways. Was awesome, but... All right, Jordan, your favorite thing outside of sports. Well, I mean, well, obviously, honestly, I would say you had, a, you, you had a good Saturday. Yeah. Um, while everyone was basking in the white dust, a.k.a. snow, I was in the sunny side of Santa Barbara, California for my cousin's wedding. It was cool. I got to see my family members. I haven't seen any of them since July. Was getting kind of a little homesick, not going to lie. So it was pretty cool to go back and see some family members. Tears were shed, obviously, because it's been a while, so I left. So it was cool to, it was cool to see all that. So that was that's the highlight right there. It's the highlight of the month, actually. So. Awesome, man. Well, I am, I am glad that we... Uh we were able to get you that time off and and get you back and, and see your family Thank and you. uh, that is obviously the, the you know the most important thing family and, is always more important than a job and they also credit uh, they also say thank you to you as well they they wanted me to let you know so well my it was my pleasure you know, <laughs> like i said the, i never want uh someone's job to be their life i want them to have uh, a rich and fulfilling life outside of outside of their job because that's to me that's the most important thing so uh we'll we'll end the show uh on that note right there uh thank you jordan thank you james for another fine episode of the get around podcast thank you of course to our loyable and lovable our loyable did i say loyable our loyal and lovable or loyable uh, audible viewers uh, of the Get Around Podcast. Uh, but for James and for Jordan, I've been your host, Brendan Queeley. Episode 234 of the Get Around is in the books. <laughs> <laughs>